Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police and the People. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about police ethics and leadership, and specifically, we're going to be talking about the parallels between the frustrations that police feel with citizens who will not actively participate in an investigation and the parallels that we see with police officers that won't actively participate in an internal investigation. We're also going to take a question from our question website or our question email, uh, specifically what is the difference between a civil and a criminal matter. But first, take it away, Tim. Sure. Everyone, we are now on Patreon. We'd love for you to support us. We have to pay the bills, okay? Um, We have to pay our uh, engineer to help uh, kind of splice this all together and, and get it out to you. And there's also a, a cost to, uh, to, to be on this, uh, this format that we use. So please, if you just go to patreon.com slash the police and the people, you'll see our page. And uh, we ask is about five bucks a month. Uh, that's nothing. You pay three times that in uh, streaming fees for the different entertainment that you have out there. So why not support this one too, right? For the record, I told Tim I felt I was a valuable piece of equipment. He has determined that to be $5 a month yes. is my value. So, and that was pushing it. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to mount a, uh, you know, a reasonable comeback with that. I think he's probably right on the money. So five bucks, folks. That's what you get. Oh, that's it, man. Five you bucks got... worth of Stokel. Exactly. Five bucks a month gets you Stokel twice a month, right? <laughs> now that he's, hey, congratulations, yes. man. You're retired. Yes, I am. Congratulations. Yes. I, I think my official... wife would... I think my wife would pay you five bucks a month to <laughs> to not get Stokel. All right, she probably she's the one you got to talk to. Tim. She'll donate all kinds of money to this. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, can you guys do more podcasts? Yeah, <laughs> and do them, right. do them at your house. Let's get serious. Here, all right, all let's right. talk real quick. GSPCC. What Why? do we do, Tim? Why we do what we do? Yeah. All right. We are a law enforcement training company. That is it. That's what we do. We want to make your careers better. Um, I know that uh, my my 20 years in law enforcement, I had some outstanding training that certainly enhanced my ability as a police officer, and that's what we want you to do, all right? And how do we do that, Josh? Well, we do uh, competitive hosting agreements or partnerships. Uh, We have fantastic instructors from all over the country, and they are experts in their fields, and our cadre of instructors is ever-expanding. It Uh, is, And if, if you are somebody out there that you have an area of expertise and you're looking to start running some classes, let us know. We are always looking for professional instructors. Can I just do a caveat to that? Yep. Um, we do not do use of force type training. Yes. Just so correct. you know that the uh, the insurance cost for that is through the roof and we don't really have the facilities to do that. So uh, we do strictly classroom stuff. That's not, we don't put our hands on anyone. Yep. Right. So as far as what we offer, I'd love to tell people that we have some great classes in the next uh, couple months, but unfortunately they are full. Uh, our February training is all full. It actually, uh, it, we got overbooked a little bit. We had to go back to the instructor and make okay sure with she a couple was, more. Yeah, she was okay <laughs> with a few more. That's a crime scene class coming up in Hampton that I'm talking about that uh, really got some interest. But come March of 2020, we have a fantastic class coming up in Haverhill, New Hampshire, uh, Haverhill, Massachusetts, rather. It is a constitutional liability class. We've run it several times in the past. It gets fantastic reviews. Uh, we're really excited about it. So if you're interested, check out our website for signups. Sean's a great instructor, very funny, 
and and he is very determined to help you not get sued. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's his mission. Yes. All right. Cool. So, can you talk a little bit about uh, Lucas's business, real quick? Um, uh, Lucas isn't in the room right now. He has to work today. Um, I don't really remember what his website is. Um, well, it's LBJ, um, which is Lucas L- B. Jones. Lucas L-E-J. L-E-J, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, L-E-J. Um, you know what? I'm going to put it in the show notes. I'm going to find out from him, and I'll put it in the show notes so we can he pull just, this up. And he just this. changed the name of it. Right? Yeah, so what he does is if you um, if you want to uh, do some rapping, he'll... Uh, create all the background music for you, every bit of it, or if you have some sort of custom work you want to do uh, for music, um, just um, reach out to him and he'll, he'll work with you to put it together. He's a very talented musician. So speaking of music, cue our intro. So today we're going to be talking about police ethics and a little bit about how it, that kind of uh, runs together with leadership, right? Right. So here's a question. Do ethics matter in police work? Absolutely. Absolutely they do. They, okay. they are, if, if they are not at the top of the list, they are in the top Absolutely. <laughs> one, one and a half. Or, you know, I mean, they, I, I, I can't think of a more important thing to have than morals. Correct. As a police right. Officer and I ethics. mean if I had a choice between a competent police officer and an unethical versus an incompetent right. police officer and ethical, yep. I would take the incompetent yep. ethical police officer every time. Yep. Because they're not going to get you in trouble. They may uh, mess up an investigation or, or, or do something that kind of frustrates you, but they're not going to get your department sued. They're not going to have you on the news at night talking about, you know, this, this agency knew that this officer was here and yet they did nothing about it. So if I can just cut in real yeah, quick, yeah. I can remember um, a hiring process, and I'm talking many years ago, like 15 years ago, and there was an officer that had applied to my department or a, a candidate who just was really inexperienced, inexperienced, you know, didn't have any police experience and didn't have a whole lot of life experience yet. Yeah. But this person brought such high moral standards. And we had gotten to know this person through, uh, was an intern with the department. And I can remember my boss saying, what do you think? And I said, you can't teach decency. Okay. And this is, this, this is a decent young man. Everything else we can teach. Teach yeah. somebody how to be a cop to some extent. Sure. Right? Yep. We cannot teach ethics. No, moral, it's inherent. I mean, it's, right. It's part of their fabric. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we can, we can foster a, uh, an environment, an ethical environment. Sure. But if somebody comes in and they don't have integrity already, if they're a liar coming in, yep. it's real tough, real tough to train that out of somebody. Yeah. And I'll flip that around. We had a young man that, that came through our department, and he was a... Um, uh, an explorer with us mm-hmm. for years, and he had tested with us many times, but he could never pass the written test, or at least make the cutoff. And this kid got a four-year degree in criminal justice. He was uh, very athletic. Um, just we all were rooting for this guy. Mm-hmm. We liked him, and he was a likable kid. And finally, he did. He he met the cutoff both on the written, and uh, of course, he 
blew the physical fitness away. He was a, he was a stud. And I had to do his background. And um, this kid was not ethical at all. He had some very dark stuff in his background. Yep. And uh, it was scary. Yeah. And it you was, just it was actually scary. You just can't train that stuff out of people, no, unfortunately. No, no. And I'm not really sure why he was even pursuing. Yep. Well, when you said an explorer, <laughs> I, and you know, I'm not trying to be down on explorer um, initiatives because I think they're great, but you do unfortunately see some people that get involved in those and they're, you know, you, you watch them and you say, boy, I, I think there's some there's something underlying. Yeah, that. I've you, seen 50-50. See yeah. I've seen some where they, they go in a bad direction. Right. I've arrested some right. explorers that mm-hmm. we've had. I've arrested one for a domestic one time. Yep. And, but I've seen some that have, well, I mean, like Patrick Cheatham was an explorer with, with yep. my department. He's a yep. captain there now. Yep. Great um, guy. And um, there was a couple of, one guy went to the Air Force Academy and one guy went to the Naval Academy. Yep. So yep. Um, it does yield some, yep. some good stuff. I, I arrested a former explorer, not from my own department, but from another department um, for a uh, threatening to become an active shooter at a school. Oh, my God. Um, and he had just read in the paper he was just sent to federal prison for um, a number of violations, uh, kind of quasi-terrorist activity. Um, wow. He's, he's in federal prison. You know, again, I did not know him, but he was a former explorer. Yep. Wow. That's, yep. that's scary. So we do have those issues. And I'm sure the fire field sees that with some of their interns, too. Uh, you know, I oh, always kind of sure. tease yeah. the firefighters I mean, I... every time one of them gets arrested for arson or something, uh, and they tease <laughs> the cops every time one of us does something foolish, yes. you know, something criminal. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Get, so we're getting a little I, off topic. We're getting a little off. Yeah. So we, we get back to ethics and law enforcement. I, and I just want to bring up this point that in certain professions, when you, when you go off the, the ethical deep end, if you will, when you commit ethical violations, you're committing acts of moral turpitude. And I remember this from my, my days back in um, college. And that's defined as an act or behavior that gravely violates the sentiment or accepted standard of the community. All yep. right. So as a police officer, you have standards and people have expectations as to your standards. And those expectations are you're going to be ethical. Right? And, and I'll even take that a step further. The community's standards mm-hmm. and the community's expectations are extremely important. Yes. Our own standards are so important too. Yes. I don't, it, we talk all the time about extreme ownership. I don't want the standards of the community to determine how I or my peers act as police officers. I want our standards. I want us to hold ourselves accountable. Yes. Self-accountability on how we are going to conduct ourselves. We could do a whole show on self-accountability. Yes. We could. You it know, is so it's, important. It's man, if you mess up, fess up and clean up. And clean. <laughs> okay. It's that simple, man. We all make mistakes. Yeah. And it's when you, and and your mistake could be simple, and it may not have been without malice, or it may have been without malice. I'm sorry, but if you cover it up, or if you're if you're not uh, bringing it forward, and now everyone's going, okay, well, like cruiser damage, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like once a week. I was getting, you know, a call from our, our cruiser, our fleet maintenance person. He's like, yeah, I got another one. And there'd be a ding in it, you know. And then I'd have to go and look at who it was, mm-hmm. who signed it out and all this. 
when someone could have just said, hey, you know, I, that I, happened. I hit something. Yep. Now, if they didn't notice it, if, you know, if it's an honest mistake, we get sure. that. And when we talk about, you know, we're going we're gonna to get into like the don't snitching concepts, you know, we're not saying that uh, you're, you're a bad person if somebody didn't fill up the, didn't refuel the cruiser at the end of the ship, didn't fill it up. Okay. We're not telling you to then to run to your boss and say, Tim didn't fill up the cruiser. That's a policy violation. We're not talking about those things that can be handled yeah. through conversations, through mentoring, so on and so forth. Right? right. I'm not saying that somebody swears to a civilian out on the, out on the street. I'm not telling you to come run back to your boss and say, you know, yeah. Tim, Tim said the F word to right. somebody and that's oh. a, that's a policy violation. That's right. not what we're talking about. We're no. talking about criminal criminal behavior deceptive behavior um things that are not consistent with with how we should hold ourselves as police officers right um those are the things that we are talking about there to our listeners i we don't want to kind of come off like the moral majority here either right 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 hey lucas come here what's up what's your website for your music Oh, you don't know either? <laughs> I gotta think about it for a sec. Oh, airbit.com. Oh, that's the new one. That's the new one. Okay. Airbit.com slash LJ Productions. There it is. Yeah. And just right. for the record, Lucas, he didn't have to change the name because of uh, like any uh, litigation or anything like that. It was just, that was a, that was a uh, strategic move, right? It was a strategic move. <laughs> okay. It was. It's not like when corporations change their name all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Like when Blackwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just for our listeners, Lucas is not one step ahead of the jailer. Yeah, we get it. So yeah, we just we want to make it very clear to our listeners that we're we're talking about um, you know the self accountability that needs to exist in our communities and in law enforcement in internally. Right. You know. So one of the things we wanted to really hit on today was this weird parallel. So this is a big frustration in the police world is you respond to a crime, and it could be a very violent crime. It could be something very bad, a shooting and people are dead. And the people in the community will not say anything. They will not speak up. And that's because they're afraid of repercussions. They're afraid of what these bad guys will do to them, okay? Um, now, there were, there were no gangs where I worked in New Hampshire, um, no uh, youth gangs, but there were bikers, sure, right? Yeah. Biker gangs, and, and one of them was the, the HAs, you know? We, uh, and I got to tell you, you know, they have a, this reputation, but I've never had nothing but decent Interactions, with yeah, professional interactions. I yeah, guess you could say. yeah, exactly, exactly. I, certainly, the trust wasn't there, but um, we'd go to a. There were a couple of bars where I where I worked, and we would go there, and um, no one would say anything. They, all of a sudden, you know, there would be damage, and there would be someone hurt, but no one would say anything. Not, you know, miraculously. So, um, but here's the parallel. In the police world, if if a fellow police officer does something wrong, commits a crime, other police officers are afraid to speak up right. because of repercussions. Right. Every time that I see um, like an activist on television talking negatively about law enforcement, about yep. you know the relationships, right? Right. There's always a little piece of me that says, 
well, how come every time there is a violent crime in mm-hmm. the community, the activist isn't uh, being as vocal about the lack of cooperation with the police, right? right. That, that frustrates you yep. as a law enforcement officer because you say, hey, we'd like to have a better relationship with the community, but we need for the community to be willing to, to talk with us. Yeah. Okay? But then when I think about it more, I say, but we're the worst ones. Yeah. We're just as bad in, in some cases. I'm, I don't mean to paint that broad brush, but um, in some ways we are just as bad as the communities. Yeah. Because, it, and again, it can be, it can be a criminal act. Uh, it can be uh, deception in the reports that are written or, you know, inaccurate information being put into the, into reports. Uh, you, you talk about uh, mishandling of evidence or downright uh, people doing something corrupt. And then sometimes it can be things that aren't even corrupt but are just inappropriate. The officer that is uh, drinking on duty. Yeah. The officer that maybe is has a... Oh, uh, the, my dog is aroused. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> A, you know, a person that is, you know, involved, has a, has an involvement with, you know, a, uh, a male or a female on duty and is doing things that aren't consistent with, pol- you know, proper police work, um, maybe fooling around with a partner, that sort of thing. Yeah. So there's all these different things that we hear about law enforcement doing and, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but it shouldn't ever happen. And we, and we need to be ready to step up and say, that's not Okay. I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to tolerate that. We do. And I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, we, when we interview people, and, I, and you know this as well, we ask them these questions. We put them in scenarios. You know, you're clearing a, an alarm. That's when you say interviewing one. people, you mean New police candidates. candidates. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. For, uh, let me clarify. For police candidates. And, you know, we put them in these ethical situations and... We even start to see it there. Sometimes yes. they say, well, I would just, uh, I'd pay for it. Or, well, I would, uh, I would do this. You know, I would, I would talk to them and say, you know, don't do that again. But the, the person is stealing, and you're seeing it. Sure. That's a crime, you know. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's, it's it, okay, you deal with it how you think you will. But if you don't bring this to the attention of a supervisor um, what's, what's next? Right. You know, the, the person just got away with it. And now we all know that if you're testing the waters, okay, I got away with taking, you know, a soda and some chips. What's next? Right. You know, what's next? I, I heard a guy one time say, uh, a coworker, he said, if a cop will lie about a little thing, what else will they lie about? Yeah. So if they'll lie about, oh, I didn't cause that ding to the cruiser, the thing that's maybe going to get them written up, you're not going to get fired because no. you put a ding in a cruiser and you and you didn't report it. You know it. where they get fired is when they lie about it, right? Yeah. And if they'll do that, what will they do when they're up on the stand? Right. You know. So that that is the concern. And like you mentioned, the the scenario that is always posed to police candidates. You know, the your partner steals a candy bar or steals a soda, or whatever. Yep. And I always stress to people, you may d- decide to pay for it. And that's your call. Mm-hmm. You can do that, and that's okay. Um, you may talk to them about it and let them explain it or kind of confront them, and they decide to pay for it. But the one thing that you don't have a lot of discretion on is you must notify your boss about that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that 
that they had intentions of taking something that didn't belong to them. Right. Right? And again, we're not talking about the situation where you go to the alarm with your partner, your partner's drinking the soda, you confront him or her, and they say, yeah, and when the owner, Tim, gets here, I'm going to pay for it because I know Tim. I do it all the time. I come in here and I have a soda standing there talking to him behind the okay, counter. Sure. And before I leave, I put a dollar down or whatever it is. Yep. There's no problem with that. You're not stealing that. You just haven't paid for it yet. But right. you have every... Though, and we you have a relationship with Right. We're yeah, not yeah. talking about... You know, you, if you say every night I come in here and, and have a soda and shoot the breeze and, and mm-hmm. so on and so on. That's good police work, right? That's right. what you're supposed to do. Yep. Interact with the community. What we're talking about is theft or you know, a criminal act. Those, that's where we have a problem. Turning a blind yes. eye yes. or refusing to cooperate. Or violating a citizen's rights. Yes. Well, that's... Yeah. And, yes. And, hey, and, and, um, and, and, and turning a blind eye to that. I'll yeah. tell you one story in my agency where this um, one officer had some work done by a contractor. Mm-hmm. And apparently he wasn't happy with the work. And I don't know what was going on to help resolve it, but this guy happened to have a warrant for his arrest, and he fled from the officers um, in his car. It was a very short pursuit, and this detective happened to be working, and he happened to be in the area, so he helped out with this. Sure. So when they were putting, when he was in cuffs and they were getting ready to, to put him in the car, this detective clocked him one. All right. Yeah. And I remember it very well because I was kind of new at the agency. And the, the sergeant that was working that day reported him. He did. He did Correctly. the right thing. Yes. yes. He, he, we, he reported we, him up the chain, and this detective got days off. He was suspended. Yeah. He was um, you know, found uh, to be, uh, uh, what do you call it? In Conduct a, unbecoming. Yeah. So... Uh, he got some time off. So now fast forward, I'm teaching a, a defensive tactics class, and it was with about four or five people in the agency, but it was a new officer in the class, I remember, brand new. And we were, you know, doing some, some punching drills or something, and this particular detective made this comment about you got to be careful about who you punch someone around. You might get ratted out or something like that. Right. And I remember it just disgusted me. Yep. And I, I confronted him later on. And said, you know, whatever you feel, you feel. I don't care. But we have a new guy right here, and, and, and you're spewing and, and, this crap. And that's that culture yeah. that I was talking about. Yeah. So you want the culture to be, you know, I'm not saying you need a culture of, of choir boys. I, I get that. You need knock-around guys in law enforcement, okay? I was probably one of them. Yeah. You, 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 I, I can remember somebody saying, if you got to go down to such-and-such such a street, you know, at two in the morning, do you want someone that's never been in a fight before? No, you want right. someone that's ready to handle themselves because yeah. in law enforcement, things get hairy yes. very, very often, yeah. unfortunately. But what you don't want is the person that walks around with a with a, almost like a badge of honor every time that they have been disciplined for beating somebody up. Yeah. That's, those, yeah. those are bullies. We don't yeah. want those. Right, right, right. Yep. I had a guy in my agency that would say, yeah, I've... I've uh, I've lined my wallpaper with uh, counseling statements. Right. You know, really? That's what yeah. you're going to brag about? Yeah, because yeah. that develops culture. Right. And that's the problem with it. Right. 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 So, again, just to kind of, if we can recap it real quick, 
you get frustrated when citizens don't want to come forward. Right. And you get frustrated. I mentioned, you know, when the activist that is on television pointing the finger at law enforcement, when as law enforcement we're sitting there saying, we want to solve or, or we want to curb violence in these communities. Right. But nobody will partner with us or very few people. And anybody that does gets ostracized or suffers sometimes violent yep. repercussions, consequences, yep. right? Right. Those are all legitimate, and I feel them too, and I agree. However, just like we're telling the community, you need to take some steps and police yourselves yeah. and, and be to ready us. to work with us. Yep. We have to do the same the thing internally. Same we can't thing. just constantly circle the wagons and yep. have this, this, I call it a closed society. We cannot have that. Right. Um, I agree. Because it's, it's, it is certainly not moving the needle in a, in a positive direction. No, um, it's not. Right. It's so not. I, my feeling is we should demand more from our citizens and we should demand more from ourselves. Yes. Because that way, when we do make that demand to the citizens and when we do kind of point the finger at them, which sometimes is valid, we can say, and look, we're doing the same thing here with ourselves. We're holding ourselves accountable to Yes. We, yes. Are, we are not tolerating this or turning a blind eye to inappropriate, unethical behavior by Correct. our officers. Correct. And you can't turn a blind eye when your brother or sister officers are doing it. Right. You have to report it yep. because you have to. We have to stop this. We have to. Yep. And the only way to do it is to have the courage to move forward yep. and make it not the, the end thing to be the rogue, not a rat. Um, the, where the end thing is to be, um, you're going to be held accountable if you step out of line, period. Yeah. Period. We, we can't glorify the rogue police, I guess. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and I'll give you one more story before we move on to the next topic. It just, it just hit me. There was a, um, this was years ago. There was a police officer who was arrested, um, by a state police officer for DWI. And I happen to know the, the guy who was arrested. Definitely had a drinking problem. And he was arrested, and the backlash was incredible. It was incredible. I even remember on, seeing... On the arresting officer? For arresting him? Yes, or? yes. And I remember the there were stickers that went around of a rat wearing a trooper's hat. Yeah. Someone went so far as to make spend stickers. Money. To, spend to spend their own money. money. <laughs> to, That's to, crazy. Yeah. Yep. When this guy was, yep. it was his own fault. Sure. You know? Well, and, and there was something, you know, something I read uh, recently. I think you and I already talked about this a little bit. When we talk to citizens and they don't want to come forward or they're reluctant, it's not because they're trying to really protect the person. Again, they're worried about the repercussions. Yes. And I think it's the same in law enforcement. It's not that we're trying to protect another you know, a bad officer. Mm. And in, in some cases, that might be true, just like in some cases, a citizen might have a relationship with a suspect and is protecting them. But in most cases, the citizen doesn't want to come forward because they don't want to deal with the consequences. And the, the police officer, they don't want to come forward because they, like you said, don't want to be labeled a rat, deal with the consequences, especially because law enforcement is such a close-knit community. Mm-hmm. And many of us, including myself, I think including you, got into the profession because you want to be part of something bigger than you. You, you enjoy 
the camaraderie, you yep. enjoy the team environment, yes. all of those things. Yep. When people ask me, why'd you become a cop? It wasn't for the action. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. It, it, it wasn't for the money. It wasn't for the great schedule. It was because I had kind of grown up always being on teams, sports teams and organizations as a kid and into my young adult years. And it was kind of a natural thing. You were in the military, mm-hmm. that sense of we are part of something yep. bigger than us. Right. If you are labeled a rat or, you know, uh, yep. kind of shunned out of that, that, if that's the most important component of your career, mm-hmm. that's such a huge blow to you. Yes. Uh, personally. Yeah. And so I think that is why we see a lot of this reluctance to step forward and point out when something is wrong. Uh, f- officially. I think there is some policing that goes on unofficially, pulling people behind the building and saying, knock it off. We yeah. don't do There is some of that. And there should be there should some be. of that. Okay. I'm yeah. not saying that you know, punches should be thrown, but if you are a veteran officer and you see somebody or any officer, but if you, if you see somebody doing something that is not consistent with good police work, there is nothing wrong with having a private conversation because that's mentoring too. Yeah. We don't do that here. Right. That is not acceptable here and setting somebody straight because they might be a new officer that they agree with you. They're just not sure. They're kind of feeling their way through the job. Yeah. Uh, again, that comes back to that culture I talk about, self-policing, self-accountability. Yep, So I agree. All right, very good. So why don't we move on to the question of the day? Yeah. All right. This question um, is uh, very common in law enforcement, and it can also be a uh, an area of frustration, yes. particularly for victims. All right. And for so, police, too. And for police, yep. Yep. So the question is, what's the difference between a criminal matter and a civil matter? All right. Um, I guess I'll start off. Criminal matter is anything that violates criminal law. Okay. Every state has criminal law. Stealing, hurting someone else, you know, assault, yeah, assault. battery, um, harassment. Fraud. Yeah. All these things that, that, that when you're creating a victim in, in, in some fashion. So for in New Hampshire, if it is a... If there is an RSA, revised statute, in our criminal code book, yep. that's a criminal law. It's a that's, criminal it's a, law. It's, it's, it's a criminal matter. Right. It, it's against the, you know, you cannot punch somebody in the face. That is assault. Correct. That is listed in our criminal code as a violation, being against the law. Yes. Whereas a civil matter or civil law, also tort law, sure. Is uh, more of when there's some sort of someone is wronged in some fashion outside of the criminal um, procedure, outside of criminal law. Okay, uh, an example would be if you defame someone. Sure. All right, they can sue you for defamation. Right. Um, speaking of which, uh, I don't know if you're following this, but the um, the Covington kids, the one um, just won his first lawsuit against CNN. Oh, um, yeah. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Um, they haven't disclosed what the amount how is. How much? <laughs> yeah, but the original suit was for $275 million, so I don't know how much they settled <laughs> on. But but that's that's an example. That was a defamation suit. All right. Um, another typical, very common one, and this is where the lines get a little bit blurry, is with contractors. Right. All right. Oh, my gosh. If I had a nickel for every call I went to as a cop where there was a contractor involved... So you like, hire a like, like your like your coworker who punched him in the face. Yeah, the contract. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. he did. He got his revenge. Yeah. Um, so 
you hire a contractor to come and do some work on your house, okay? You guys have an agreement, even if it's verbal. Let's say, let's just stick to the verbal side of it. You shake hands and say, okay, you're going to paint my house for X amount of dollars, okay? And he says, okay, well, you got to pay me up front or pay me half of it up front. And you do, and then they don't show up. Or they show up and do half the work. Do half the work, or they do terrible work. Yeah. Or let's right. say they let's say they could they paint your whole house, but it is horrible. Okay. Um, are you out some money? Yeah, and you didn't get the level of, of work of quality of work that you wanted. Yes, um, but is that a criminal violation? In many cases, it's not. It's not. Unfortunately, unless you can show how this person took your money, and they never had any intent to do that work for you. Correct. That's where sometimes we see... That's the key word, a, a crim- intent. Yeah, a, crim- a, a civil, what looks like a civil case, become criminal. Yes. Right? Yeah. But if you hire Tim Jones to do some work, you know, to, to put in a bathroom mm-hmm. in your house, you know, I know you're not a plumber, but for the sake, sake of argument. Right. Yeah, Tim comes in, tears up your, your bathroom, and installs the toilet, but then never finishes the shower, never finishes the sink, so on and so forth. It can, it can be very difficult in many cases to, sh- to show that's a criminal matter. Correct. Um, because there could be many, many reasons. What if he got injured? Yep. What if you know, there's all sorts of, of potentially valid reasons why that work didn't get done? Right. There, there are steps you can take to be made whole. Yes. Through, like you said, a lawsuit. Yep but not through the police department. No. You know, and I, I would get we'd get calls like this all the time, and you'd go there, and they would tell the story, and you're like, well, there's really nothing we can do about it. You know? Right. I would, and, and this was probably outside of my purview, but I would call sometimes these contractors sure. and say, hey, listen, man, you know, this, I just got this call. They want to press charges. You know, you need to you need to communicate with this person. And, and I was going to say, if it's a out. if it's a courtesy call, it was a courtesy trying call. Trying to I didn't threaten them. Right, trying to um, stress to the contractor. Yep. you've got a person here who's now complaining to the police. Many times that lets the contractor know how how serious this is, and a lot of times they say, "Yep, don't worry about it." I've just been busy at another job. I know they called me three times. I just mm-hmm. haven't got back to them. I'll take care of that today, officer. Yep. Thank you very much. And that's the end of it. Yep. It's when you call them and say, well, if you don't do this, yep. then we might, now you, that's, that's wrong. You may be stepping outside right. of your authority. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I agree with you. I don't think there's anything wrong to make a courtesy call as long as it's a polite, professional courtesy call. Yes. And you say, listen, I'm just letting you know there was a complaint made here. You're a professional person. You're a business per- person. You don't want to have no. people giving you bad reviews. You know, make sure that you you call this person and, and sort this out. And many many times, the contractor is not doing. It's not malicious. They just they're just too busy. Yeah, they get yeah. multiple jobs going and and things slip through the cracks. Exactly. And then they get back on top of it. Many 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 of these contractors and and I I've talked to a lot of people because I'm in my I'm in, an MBA program right now. And you get people who are really good at their craft, but they're terrible at running a business, right. you know, and you got to be pretty good at both, you know, so, but I'm getting off on a tangent here. So, um, what I would stress to police officers who are listening right now is don't get caught up in that trying to box it into the civil side just because you don't want to take a report. Sure. 
if it looks like this this contractor or whatever's going on has or is trying to swindle somebody, it's a criminal matter, okay? If your prosecutor says, no, we're not going to touch it, then you know what? The prosecutor made the call, all right? Absolutely. You. But you should at least um, work with this victim um, and, and, and determine whether this is truly a civil matter or truly criminal matter, or maybe it's a little bit of both. Yep. Okay. And, and many times, you know, departments have their policies on that. They do. As our disclaimer, GSPCC is not trying to set policies for any department. No. Um, but, you know, there are departments that will say, take that report and forward it to our prosecutor's office for a review. Right. And they will send back a letter saying, we've determined this to be civil yep. or determine this to be criminal. Yep. What's nice about that is then you then you have a document to show your victim or your reporting party yes. to say we did run it up the flagpole mm-hmm. with you know a, a legal mind yep. and this was their uh, assessment of it. Right. So I I think that that just goes to being in touch with your community and being ready to help and remembering yeah. that you know when you got hired w- with your badge and your gun it wasn't just so you can get a paycheck every week and drive around and be a cop. It's to help people in the community. It is to help people. Right. It is a service industry. Right. Right? We serve the public. You guys should be reviewing your Pelian principles (laughs) once a week. All right? If you're a police officer. All right, everyone. That is our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we ask that you please subscribe to our podcast. All right. Give us a five star rating because you know what? We work hard. All right. We, we deserve those five stars. Okay. Five bucks and five stars. Five that's bucks what, and five Tim's stars. For. Exactly. You can find us on um, iTunes, which is now, I think it's called um, uh, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Right. Uh, SoundCloud. Uh, Stitcher. No, we're not on SoundCloud anymore. I'm sorry. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Alexa, and iHeartRadio is where we can be found. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, facebook.com slash gspcc1. Even on Instagram, instagram.com slash gspcc. If you'd like to get a copy of our monthly newsletter, just go to our website, which is at gs-pcc.com. And you'll see a little pop-up on the bottom right. And you can easily um, sign up for our, our newsletter. We, uh, it comes out at the first of each month. And we uh, highlight a few articles on heroic police officers or heroic corrections officers. We try to have one main focus article and some, some funny stuff to go in sure. there as well. We recommend a book each month. Uh, mostly it kind of revolves around leadership, but occasionally it'll, it'll kind of go outside the bounds of leadership and maybe into something else. All right, any uh, final words there, Joshua? No, no, another perfect game in the books, right? (laughs) Perfect game, that's right. All right, everyone, please be safe out there. And um, uh, it's it's, it's a little bit cold here in New Hampshire, so make sure you bundle up. And if you're not in the cold, then... uh, Then I hate you. To heck with you. (laughs) All right, we love you all. Take care. Bye-bye.